Hi, welcome to episode 32 of The Teacher's Promise, where we celebrate amazing teachers and explore the pressing issues in education today. I'm Brett Hansen, your host, and in this episode, we're updating the teacher shortage crisis in America in 2024 with a special focus on Wisconsin. Now, last season, I reported on this topic in episode 25, discussing the shortage and important issues affecting it, like the teacher wage penalty and the uh, different effect inflation has on educators and teachers. Today, we're going to focus more on what's actually happening today, statistics, um, and the focused complexities, because what I found is it's actually more complicated than at least I originally thought. And, and then why we should maybe start calling it the education crisis more than a teacher's crisis, even though it is um, revolving around teachers to a great extent. Now, um, I am still hoping that I can persuade people to recommend excellent, extraordinary teachers to be on the show. And I'm going to double down on this and try to find more people. But you know, over the last year, this season, it's become harder than I thought it would. Um, so... I'm branching off into other issues and um, really trying to explore things that I think teachers would like to hear about. For example, the next episode is going to be on AI and maybe a few episodes. Um, It's something really interesting to me, uh, something that I've been exploring. I think it's really important. And so that's where I'm going to head next. And then hopefully sometime soon, I'll have some, some more interviews with extraordinary teachers and we'll go from there. Now, for this episode, I focused uh, mainly on four articles from three sources. Um, The sources were Education Week, uh, a national respected education publication, the National Council of Education Statistics, which is uh, a federal government uh, resource that shares information on uh, education, and it clearly does it from a very federal government perspective, and then the Cap Times, uh, a Madison, Wisconsin-based um, education and government publication that stays on top of what's going on in the state. So um, the overview of what we're really going to talk about is what schools across the U.S. are facing in regards to fully staffing their classrooms and the question of whether or not this trend is going to continue and how it's affecting both the instruction in the classrooms and also teachers, their livelihood, their uh, you know satisfaction with work and things like that. And the first article that I read was from Education Week, and it focused on a group of researchers that um, have been gathering data from news reports, education department websites, state department websites, and any other respected, reliable sources that they could get their hands on in order to try to figure out what's really going on, because there are so many different reports and so many different things being stated. Um, They basically analyzed things like the teacher preparation program enrollment in uh, schools across the country and um, the number of reported uh, vacancies, um, the number of teachers who are teaching outside their certified areas, things like that. And their initial publication came out in fall 2022. 
Um, and their plan was to update every fall. So the information that I got is from fall 2023. The lead researcher is a uh, associate professor, um, Tuan Nguyen from Kansas State University, and he led the research and reported out um, for Education Week. And according to him, the key findings were that there's been an increase in teacher vacancies. No surprise to us in the field. Um, from approximately 36,000 to 55,000 since the beginning of the pandemic. But the more important finding that they um, reported on was the number of underqualified positions. According to their research, around 270,000 positions nationally, representing about 10% of U.S. teachers, are underqualified positions. Places where a teacher is not really qualified to teach that subject. Now, we know why this is happening. It's because they must put someone in front of those students. And the problem um, is that from a non-expert perspective, it looks like they are finding replacements. I don't have the data right now, but it seems clear to me that many of the um, student growth issues uh, might be affected by this underqualified uh, position problem. And um, and then, you know, there are a lot of other issues like more turnover because if somebody's not really qualified, they're less likely to be successful. Now, one of the problems with the report that the researchers identified was an inconsistent um, source of data. Many states don't report on the issue at all. Uh, one example they used was the state of New York, which is a huge state with a lot of students and a lot of teachers, and they don't report out this information. And then other um, states have infrequent reporting, so they only make the data available every so often, and some of them, you know, depending on the governmental decisions. And so they uh, focused on the importance of reliable data. And, and that makes sense. We can't really make meaningful decisions if we don't have the correct data. At the national level, it's particularly difficult um, because on top of that, there are also the different state standards and the different expectations and things like that. Um, at the state level, it's essential for teacher accreditation and um, you know understanding what is needed from the workforce, whether or not it is a, a manageable problem or a crisis. So there are a lot of reasons why the data really needs to be improved. The forecast uh, focused on teacher turnover. Um, and the report pointed out that it's really difficult to forecast um, how much turnover there's going to be in different places because of the uncertainty in these trends. In addition to these are also issues of you know people changing their mind and whether or not the economy is going to be strong and things like that. They did report that they believe that the teacher turnover is expected to peak in this current year and then decrease. And um, some of the factors influencing that are the, um, the fact that so many people have left and we have such a big problem. There are fewer people that are going to leave the profession and also declining enrollment. Um, the enrollment trends have um, steadily gone down since the early 2010s. And um, 
in both students and teachers. So we'll talk numerous times about the um, enrollment of in teacher programs. So it's gone down, as we said, since early 2010s, and it's stabilized at around 600,000 yearly right now. Now, I when I heard this number, I thought, wow, that's a lot. I, I expected it to be lower. But the problem is that that's the number of students who enroll in education programs in colleges. And then immediately I thought to myself, yeah, we all know that only about half of the people that start college finish, you know, a little more than half for girls, a little lower than half, less than half than for boys. So that 600,000 becomes just sort of randomly about 300,000. But the report identified what are called completers. And these are the people that actually complete the programs. And the number is about 160,000, about 160,000 students complete education programs if 600,000 start. Now, I thought to myself, I'm not sure about that ratio that if 600,000 started, we don't know necessarily that the 160,000 that are finishing now was based on the number 600,000 four years ago or four and a half. Remember, education programs are more demanding than a lot of other programs. But then that would also increase part of the reason why the percentage is so low of completers. If it's harder than, say, an art degree or a poli-sci degree or something like that, then you're going to have fewer people finishing. There are a lot of requirements for education programs, and some people might just decide it's too much. And then, of course, we've had a lot more publicity lately about how difficult it is to be a teacher and then the pandemic and all these things. So there's a reason to understand why that number is so low. Um, According to the report, the implications is this lower number of graduating qualified teachers is tapping into the reserve pool of potential teachers. And then that's starting to dry up. So they talked a little bit about um, you know, the, the need to draw on retired teachers, trying to pull them back. In our school, we have numerous, in our high school, we have numerous teachers who have retired and have been persuaded to come back because they love kids. But, you know, how long is this going to work? And then they're also, you know, coming back after um, living a much more relaxed life. So we'll, we'll see how, how well that turns out. So the overall impact on the teacher pipeline and shortages of teachers is complex. It has multiple issues that are um, affecting it. And I think one of the most important things to remember is that issue of underqualification. Uh, We have people that are in the classrooms and they're trying their best, but if they're not qualified, there's going to be a lower level of education and that could have uh, disastrous effects on our students' growth. So there's a lot of uncertainty and... um, Uh, complexity going on there. So the main thing that the report found is that we really need to clear up the data and see what's really going on. The second article I read uh, came from the federal government, and it was about what you would expect from a federal government publication. Um, It was dated and really quite unhelpful. So I'm just going to give you a, a quick explanation of the article, 8% of public school teachers left teaching in 2021. Now, this article was published in 2023. I couldn't understand for the life of me why they're publishing data on 2021 two years later, and I assumed it just had something to do with the process of going through the federal um, verification. So 
According to the federal government, only about 8% of public school teachers left the profession, but that was between 2021 and 2022. Um, and so now we're in 2023, and these numbers just don't seem to align with the other numbers. Um, so I'm not sure if the federal government is mistaken or if that really is the number. If only 8% are leaving the profession, um, that's not too big of a number until we start to think about all the decreases in the teachers coming in. Now, with the decline in enrollment, if the decline in enrollment is around 8%, then that's kind of a wash. Um, but it looks like the decline in enrollment is a little bit lower than that. And then there are other big issues like underqualification and the issue of uh, teachers moving to different districts. So that migration. So I didn't really find the government report all that helpful. Um, it did point out that there's a higher percentage of mobility for public school teachers than private school teachers, but a higher attrition rate for private school teachers than public school teachers. Um, and then, of course, it just reinforced things that we already know, that there are people with less experience are more likely to leave and people with more experience are less likely to leave. The um, other obvious data from that was that schools with a higher percentage of students on free or reduced lunch have a higher attrition rate. So it said that 75 schools with 75% or higher free or reduced lunch had a higher attrition rate than schools with less. Obviously, if it's a poorer school with poorer kids, there's more stress, there's more difficulty, you're asked to do more. Um, so the federal report didn't really help that much, in my opinion. The third article that I read was about Wisconsin and Wisconsin teachers leaving jobs in higher numbers than last year. Um, it did give some context on teacher shortages in regards to the COVID pandemic. Um, but according to the article, about 16% of teachers either moved or left the profession between 2021-22 year and the 22-23 school year. And this is an increase from about 11% in 2009. That's a pretty big jump. I, I think a lot of those uh, people are moving. They're, they're moving to higher paying jobs and, um, and, and then less qualified people are coming into the poor areas. But uh, it is, it's still a lot of people moving and that creates a lot of problems for schools. That high turnover has a, a particularly negative effect where students face more significant challenges. You know, poorer schools need teachers, uh, consistent good teachers, even more. Uh, but that's not what's happening. So this whole crisis with educators and teachers is really, um, you know, more about education and kids in the long run. And it's, it's really hurting the kids who need help the most. But we should have been able to predict that, of course. The um, higher turnover rate is higher, of course, in teachers of color and um, with students of color. The um, state superintendent has identified these problems and acknowledged that there are problems and issues with emergency licenses, which lead to underqualified teachers in certain areas. But as we said before, you have to have an adult in front of those kids. So um, we really need to not just look at whether or not there's somebody in the room, but the quality of, of the teacher in front of those students. So um, 
The higher turnover rate varies by schools and, and areas, as one would expect. And it really comes down to the, um, the amount of uh, pay and benefits that schools are able to provide. Smaller districts, poor districts, districts serving more minority students and low-income students have a, a significantly higher turnover rate. Um, so their realization was that teachers are leaving um, uh, then mo- more leaving than moving. The leave rate was about 8% and the move rate was about 3%. Um, so the possible reasons, of course, are retirement, career shifts, things like that. But we know that things have gotten harder. I was glad to see that the report focused on the impact of Act 10. We can see these dramatic changes starting after Act 10. They did not start with the pandemic. The pandemic just made the situation a lot worse Um, especially after the pandemic. But a lot of these issues started with Act 10. And there are um, legislative uh, initiatives in the state to change some of those things. For example, I know that there's a piece of legislation that will allow school districts to hire teachers who have retired and come back and teach. They still have a requirement of 75 days. um, And I think it has uh, something about the maximum amount that... People can draw uh, from their retirement. Right now, what has to happen is if somebody comes back out of retirement to teach, they have to stop drawing their retirement. And so there's a good chance that they're going to come back to a harder position with less pay. And so that's that's not likely to happen for too many uh, too many people. So um, the teacher mobility trend is continuing. Uh, more and more people are moving, and um, some of the reasons is because there are a lot of Uh, losses in seniority uh, priorities, and then benefits and things like that. And so as long as schools continue to cut pay and cut benefits, uh, they're going to have problems. So the other article that I read had to do with the enrollment drop. And in the state of Wisconsin, there is definitely an enrollment drop. We know there's an enrollment drop across the nation. The question is, how big is the enrollment? And then where is it going to happen? Consistent grade levels. Some people estimate that the enrollment drop will clarify or correct some of the problem with the teacher shortage, but it doesn't look like the numbers are going to uh, match up. So overall, in the state of Wisconsin, there was a drop in in enrollment of about 9,000 students from the 22-23 year to the 23-24 year. Um, our current enrollment in Wisconsin is 799,230 students, down from about 808,000. And this isn't the largest drop. The, the, there have been bigger drops before, but we seem to be consistently declining. Um, and so the pre-pandemic declines were more around 3,700 as opposed to 9,000. So the total reduction over the past five years is about 48,700. So this drop is affecting... Um, the need for teachers. But we have to remember, of course, that it's also affecting the amount of funds that schools get. So the schools that have drops in enrollment are going to get less money from the state. So schools are competing for students more and more, and that causes other problems. Now, the article reported there was a variety of reasons for this drop, declining birth rates, uh, families relocating during and after the pandemic, Uh, mental health challenges leading to school dropouts and an increase in students um, going to online schools for those reasons 
and then um, also students leaving school early to join the workforce um, that of course uh, they need to be 18 years old to do that but that appears to be part of the issue uh, charter schools enrollment have gone up private school enrollment has gone up um, online school enrollment has gone up dramatically now the the biggest drops in grade level were at the kindergarten level and um, we really need to wait and see if this is an indication that there are going to be smaller and smaller grades coming up through the schools. So a lot of rural schools and small schools, local schools, are going to have to you know, make some tough decisions in the future. But that will affect the, the teacher issue. So overall, what I learned from this research is that it's more complicated than I had originally thought. But I still think that it's mainly a problem of edu- of teachers and the education crisis is um, based on of course the shortage of qualified teachers but also a decrease in education programs an increase in underqualified replacements a decline in enrollment in state funding and the deteriorating working conditions salary and benefits that teachers have to deal with in addition to that as we know there's always been stress and pretty demanding expectations, but those have gone up. So there are a variety of solutions to this uh, that really need to be addressed at an administrative level, um, but we can all promote them as uh, community members, as parents, as teachers. Uh, One solution is homegrown staff. There are a lot of school districts across the nation, especially in bigger schools, that are setting up programs to give qualify or to give dedicated teaching assistants and aides and people who don't yet have a degree, the training and education they need to become qualified, certified teachers while they are paid uh, because, you know, they need to be able to make a living. And then, um, of course, districts can always improve pay benefits and conditions, which at some point they're going to have to do, but it's difficult. I mean, I think that most administrators would say they want to do that, but they have to find the funds. And um, that's easier said than done. Another uh, solution is to increase the alternative education options, but then we need to watch carefully how uh, well the students are learning because some of those alternative education options are really good for students and some of them result in um, a decrease in the quality of education. So I hope this information has helped you in some way understand what's going on in 2024. Uh, Please consider coming back next time uh, to hear about artificial intelligence in the classroom. I've become more and more interested in this topic, and the plan isn't to so much um, try to persuade people to integrate AI into their district or anything like that, but to talk about the benefits of teaching our students basic uh, computer technology intelligence and how they can use AI ethically to uh, prepare for their future. Because one thing that I am absolutely certain of after researching, studying, and using it for the last year or so is that there will be a lot of people who are using AI to improve their chances of success in the United States. And if we don't teach our students at least the basics and preferably how to be proficient and maybe even um, you know experts at this stuff, they will lose. 
to the companies, to the businesses, and to the individuals who know how to use AI. So um, it's really not a question of whether it's coming or whether we'll need to do it or whether it's going to become part of the school system. It will. It's just a matter of when and a question of when we're going to get started. So uh, thanks again for listening. Remember that you must take care of yourself in order to take care of others. So please do what you need to do and, uh, and take care of yourself. Talk to you next time.